0: I've just been, I've been down in the dumps since our last episode. Talking about consistency? Yeah, uh, I just, you know, I, the consistency's there. I just, my mental fortitude has just been, uh, you know, just, uh I can't do anything about it. I don't know what to do about it. Could you, could you do that in a more masculine way? <laughs> I'm just trying to talk about my my
1: brain. Uh. Ugh. <laughs> It don't work good right now. (laughs) So you're in this new thing where you're doing like the intro connects to the top. I see what you're doing here.
0: I've been, it's been on my mind and I've been set on it Uh. that I want to tie together what we're going to talk about (laughs) with this crappy intro I do every week. You are committed. (laughs) I kind of like the bop
1: ba version better, you know,
0: hey, mindset, hey,
1: here we go. Yeah, so this is the uh, last – Hunter keeps reminding me, yeah, this is this and this series. This is this and this series. So this is the last – our... <laughs> Thank goodness for Hunter, honestly. Yeah, Ben's
2: like, oh, I forgot we were doing the series. <laughs> we're
0: talking about
1: CrossFit? Yeah, wait, wait Wait a minute. Where am I? That's a, that's my whole posture to life. Um so this is the last, kind of the last piece. If you put all these things together, you're going to be a completely different human. And just a it's like a great puzzle of hours,
2: exactly. A five piece puzzle. Yeah, and easiest this, uh, puzzle you've ever done.
1: Here's why this is so complicated and why we saved it for last. Because there are so many. Saved what for last? <laughs> mindset. Oh. <laughs> oh yes.
0: Sorry, I never said it. This particular
1: part of your fitness journey involves a tremendous amount of your own personal history. That's why we saved it for last because mm. you you know you talk about habits and people can wrap their mind around that like okay well I do this and I shouldn't or I don't do that and I should mm-hmm. that's a little bit easier to figure out when you start talking about mindset literally you are walking through a minefield to try to change your mindset there's so many things that we do at a subconscious level I read a statistic the other day that eighty percent of the stuff that comes out of your mind, that is at a brain level, is actually subconscious. It just happens, and you're not in control of 80% of that, which leaves only 20. Uh, but that 20 can get really complicated, and why you're motivated in particular areas and not in other areas. And uh, Hunter's talked about this a lot over the years, but they're basically two separate mindsets that we're going to talk about today to simplify this a little bit to get people headed in the right direction, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so um, this is the last of our six-part series. The first was the overview. Um, if you want to go back and listen um, and get caught up to where we are, and then we had <clears throat> this is basically the five, you know, factors of success in health and fitness um, in our eyes, and it was training, and then diet, and then recovery, and then habits and consistency uh, last time. So the last one is mindset, and to me, this is the most important one, because um, if <clears throat> if you don't have a good mindset it doesn't really matter what you're going to do you're never going to make what you know what you do with the other four you're never going to make the progress you could make and i've seen i've just seen it so often over the years the people who have a good positive growth mindset about coming to the gym um are the ones that stick with it over the long period of time and the ones that make progress and the ones that don't and have a fixed mindset and we'll get into that in a second um they just fall off they fall off over you know after a, a month or a six months or a year or whatever they just quit coming and they end up being often worse off than they when they started or you know just you see them two years down the road and they've they've put on weight or whatever and um, I just want to help people be able to identify if they you know have the good growth mindset that it takes to make consistent progress over the years or if they are fixed and um, a lot of this stuff is in the book Mindset by Carol Dweck which I recommend to everybody. You know, we've <clears throat> our coach, our management team, our coaches have read it. Some of them multiple times. Um, I reference it all the time, and it's just such a phenomenal book. It's so eye-opening, um, and <clears throat> no matter what you do, I mean, it can help. She talks about you know raising kids in it. She talks about work. She talks about you know school and relationships and pretty much everything. And basically the premise is in every area of life, you either have a growth mindset or you have a fixed mindset and some areas you can have, you can have a growth mindset and some areas you can have a fixed mindset. And what a fixed mindset is, is basically, um, I was born with this set of characteristics and traits and they're never really going to change. Um, and I am defined by my results of the day, um, my, you know, whatever, you know, whatever uh, I get on a certain workout is defines me. Um, Whereas a growth mindset sees that the hand, sure, I was dealt a hand, a hand of cards, but I can improve that hand by working consistently over time. And failure does not define me, it is an opportunity for me to get better. And it's showing me that I'm going in the right direction. Um, And that's really it. You can look at every area of life and some of us are, have growth mindset in certain areas. Like, um, they realize if I eat clean and exercise that I can lose weight. Um, because maybe they've learned that in the past, but in other areas they're like, I'm just, I'm just dumb at math. I'm never going to be good at math, no matter how much I work at it. And, um, other people, it's the other way around. They're just, well, everybody in my family is just overweight, and so I'm just always going to be overweight just because I'm big boned or I, I, I have a slow metabolism or whatever, and they have a fixed mindset in that area. And being aware of your mindset in, in given areas, um, the self-awareness piece can, can really impact you and, and change your life uh, for the better. And so I kind of want to just dig into you know, what that looks like inside the gym and what what are some signs that you might have a fixed mindset in certain areas? What are some signs that you have a growth mindset and how we can help uh, people get to, um, you know, the growth mindset, which is going to allow them to, you know, ultimately, you know, do whatever they want to with their health and fitness if they can can solve that piece of the puzzle. And I'm really intrigued by this <clears throat> conversation because being
1: able to talk about what it looks like when we're together Mm-hmm. Will help. That'll help me understand if I slip into that in some days. But also, for the people who are around us in the classes, like to be able to have that conversation when you see particular things happening. Yeah, this is part of the beauty of what we do is that we're most of us are together with the, the same group or similar group of people on a consistent basis. So mm-hmm. to be able to have this conversation with each other if I see this going on and, and I can already tell you one of them that I, I bet you're going to talk about and that's leaving immediately after the workout mm-hmm. is usually an indicator to me, man, that person's not in a good place. Yeah. They're, they're upset about whatever happened and they're, they've lost sight of the long game and now they're in their car and they're gone. You yeah. Know? But when we see that type of behavior in each other as a community, we can have this conversation like, Hey, where, where's your head at today? What's going on?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's a good place to start. Number one, um, is your the results of a given workout and <clears throat> how much stock are you putting into that on a day-to-day basis how much time do you spend looking on Wad at the other scores and how much does that affect your um, your mood for the day say let's say you come in and you do the workout and you feel like you gave 100% effort and you feel really good about it and then you go on Wad and you post your score and you're farther down the leaderboard than you thought you were going to be, and then all of a sudden you're in a bad mood for the rest of the day. That's definitely indicative of a fixed mindset because you're um, taking your value and you're deriving your how your workout was based off of where you stack up compared to other people as, a, as opposed to realizing, hey, I gave my best effort today and that's all that I can do. I can't control what anybody else does. I can't control... Um, the quality of reps that they did, whether they did all the reps or um, whether, you know, they've just been super fit and consistent for, you know, a really long period of time and they just had a really good day. Um, But either way, like, that doesn't – that is not a reflection on me at all. What you – what Ben, what your score is on the workout is not a reflection on me and my effort and one ounce, Mm -hmm. you know, one iota. And so realizing that at the end of the day – it's really just about me and my journey, um, and <clears throat> so that's the first one: is how much stock are you putting into SugarWad? You know, Kayla made a really good post about this the other day on on Instagram about you know, are you when you post your scores on SugarWad, are you posting like three sentences about why you didn't do as good, or you know, didn't you know, didn't sleep as good, you know, didn't eat you know, ate bad food for lunch, whatever? You're giving yourself all these excuses of why you didn't get it. What you should have got, as opposed to just post your score and 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 leave it at that. And that's a really good sign if you're putting in these qualifiers on your on your notes every single day. Why you got this? Why you got that? Um, it's one thing to put notes for yourself, like this is how I broke things up, and this is what I would have done different. But if you're putting all these excuses on there day after day, it shows you're putting way too much stock in the result and not enough in the process and the effort that you gave. And so, lack of accountability. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs>
1: So, so, um, I was like just a searing comment
2: right there, <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> so, so number one is, you know, when you look at sugar wide or when you see somebody beat you is your first instinct to be happy for them because man, they did really good on this workout or is your first instinct to be pissed off because they beat you. And that's just a, if, if you're pissed off that somebody else beat you that, that shows you're leaning more towards a fixed mindset in in the gym as opposed to their success is not your failure. You know, their, mm. uh, their retweet, their, their success does not diminish you in at all. Their success is like indicative of the hard work they've put in. And yeah, so, and, let yeah. them be happy, <laughs> right. <laughs> Celebrate them for what they did. And instead of, Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe they got that. There's just no way somebody did this workout that fast. Like, like, who are you to judge somebody else for what they did? You know, like that, what their score is has nothing to do with you. So, that's that's a first one. Another one, like you said, is you know, when you finish the workout, are you just putting your stuff up and leaving, or are you sticking around and cheering everybody else on? Um, because if you're just putting your stuff up and leaving, all, that just shows everything's all about you and that's all you care about, and you're not there to help other people and cheer other people on. And you know, one of our pillars of our gym, our, our, our gyms is a supportive community, and we really want to do that and, like, get out of your own, um, get out of your own head and out of your own selfish thought process With when it comes to working out and um, celebrate other people as well, and that's going to allow you to stop dwelling so much on your own results and realize, that, like, we all want to lift each other up and, and, and progress towards getting fitter and healthier um, at the end of the day, and part of that is celebrating other people and cheering other people on. Yeah, that in between <coughs> class is it's awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you if you miss that, you're missing so much of the benefit. Mm-hmm. And what I love seeing the most is people who have been through the workout for the day talking to the people who are walking in and that curiosity of like, hey, was this really about the thrusters or is it, is it the time on the rower? And then you start exchanging that information with each other. You're building relationships and friendships, and you're also training yourself to say, yeah, it really, it really isn't. A... I'm going to give you this information. You may finish two minutes faster than me mm-hmm. because of it. Great, great. That's like, awesome. If you had gone first, I know that you would share the same stuff with me about right. where to focus or what the problem is going to be. Yeah, that in-between class time, if you miss that, man, you are missing probably half of your membership value. You right there, mm-hmm. which is that's a big statement, you know, because it's not about burning calories or how quickly you're doing something. Yeah. It's about that relational component that calls back to that consistency that we were talking about, mm-hmm. talking about before. So let's let's kind of keep taking the dive into this fixed mindset because that's usually the most blatant things that show up. Like, yeah, you can tell that for, even from a distance.
2: Yeah, and I see a lot, um, a lot of times, more so <clears throat> with men than with women, and up uh, the. What I really see it a lot of is guys who um, were successful high school or college athletes or even pro athletes. All right, you have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking to me. <laughs> University of J. <JA>. That's right. <laughs> so uh, a lot of times, um, you know, these guys were, you know, natural athletes. They were naturally good at a sport or multiple sports, and they were just always better than other people. Um, And maybe they worked hard at it. Maybe they just didn't have to work that hard and they were good at it. But the, the cool, one of the beautiful things about CrossFit is that it's really hard and no matter how naturally gifted you are, there's so many components to it that you just have to put the work in. Like there's no shortcuts. There's no um, you can just, there might be one or two things that you're naturally good at, but um, a lot of things that people are going to have to put the work in and you're not going to be able to shortcut and, and um you know skip the work to get to where you want to be you have to put the work in and so i've seen over the years a lot of times of these people who are maybe played college baseball or or you know college football or you know all state baseball player whatever the case may be they come in and they're in their mind they're still this you know all all state athlete who didn't have to work super hard at something because they were just naturally gifted at it and they come in, and all of a sudden, they're getting beat by a 45-year-old soccer mom. And they just they just can't take that. Those are the yeah. toughest yeah. people at Coyote 2B. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're there. They are tenacious. And they come in, and after a month, they're just like, man, I just I don't understand. Like, how how is so-and-so beat me? And I'm like, well, okay, they've got 500 workouts under their belt, and you've got 20. Like, what makes you think they're going to be able to beat, beat you know, you're going to be farther along than that person. Like, they've been, cons- don't shortchange them the work and consistency they've put in um, by comparing yourself to them. Like, you still have a lot of work to do. And, you know, it, it, that's kind of like the fork in the road. Do, are they going to stick with it and realize, you know what, I'm not where I need to be and I'm going to put the work in? Or they're like, uh this is threatening my view of myself. uh I'm out of here. And unfortunately, I've seen a lot of people over the years choose path number two and leave because. Their ego couldn't take the taking a step back and and putting uh mm-hmm. having to put the work in are people left with that much honesty nah, this yeah. really challenges my ego some so. do
1: they really do that I mean crazy you, you run into them you' Man, know, you're good for them in town here look here's how we talk about this. there are two different kind of days at Cody there's deadlift day and there's double under day. everybody wants to be there for deadlift <laughs> day they will literally literally pick up the gym then you put a jump rope in their hand yeah. and like uh, wait a minute what mm. and it's, you see the people that, like there's this really visible mental battle that goes on when they pick up that rope like i am uncomfortable and i'm not naturally good at this i'm going to have to take my cues from someone else who is good at this it I mean, it's fascinating when you have double unders programming in a
2: workout how it changes the day a mm-hmm. case gym. study of yeah, <laughs> total case study but and, and that's the beautiful thing there's so many skills and things that you know, some people just don't naturally get, or they it's, it's different than anything they've ever worked at before. And it takes work and you really find out about somebody, if they're going to, um, you know, put the work in and stay after class and spend, you know, they're, they're like, uh, you know what, I'm just going to do double unders and I'm just going to, I don't care what my time is. I'm just going to do them. And I'm never going to not do them in a workout again. And maybe I'll be the bottom of the leaderboard, but eventually I'm going to get them. And that takes a lot of, um, humility to be able to do that. and, 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 be able to go through that period of time where you're just getting your butt whipped every single day by, by other people in workout, because you know, in the long term it's going to get you where you want to be. And so mm-hmm. that and double owner is a great example of that. There's a whole lot of other ones as well. Um, but it, it really just comes down to, are you defining your self-worth by <clears throat> your place on the workout or are you taking a uh, joy and pride in the, grind of i'm going to come in and give my best effort today and and do the best that i can and then i'm going to come back tomorrow and do the same thing you know are you in it for the the journey and the work are you in it for just trying to, to prove to yourself you're you're the elite athlete that you've always seen yourself in over the years and if you don't get top top on the leaderboard you're gonna be upset about it so
1: you just used a really important word there and i know this is going to sound soft for a lot of our listening audience and i get that but for me uh looking at people's, to determine, are they in a growth mindset? I'm looking for joy and for smiles and for lightness yes. in, in the gym, not coming in like trying to do a lot of math and how am I going to beat this and who? what did this person do? They're just like light. They
2: walk in light. Are you, you? know, I wrote an article about this a while ago because a lot of this stuff I've learned over the years myself, and, and I've, I've had to work through these, but one was are you getting nervous before your workouts? Now, obviously, there's a certain amount of nerves that go into a workout, especially if you know it's going to be a painful one. Like um, Some people, like I get really nervous before the really short sprint workouts like Fran because I know it's going to be really painful. Or some people get nervous about the really long ones. But are you getting nervous about the pain or are you getting nervous about Am I going to be able to beat my score, or am I going to be able to beat Joe? Joe in the corner over there, my buddy. You know, I saw what he got, and I'm really nervous because I want—I don't know if I can beat that score or not. Are you getting nervous about that, or are you getting nervous about the pain? And um, I learned this from my own journey because back when I was training a lot, I used to get really nervous before individual workouts, but partner workouts, I would always be excited and fun and and laughing because I realized. Um, subconsciously, that the pressure wasn't on me if I'm doing it with a partner, because at the end of the day, like it's about us as a team, and it doesn't all fall on me and, and define me as where I'm, where my fitness is at. Whereas if I'm just doing the workout by myself, it's all it's, it's if I'm defining myself by my result, it's either a pass or a fail day in and day out, and I was getting super nervous about that. And, and that was something that I, that I had to work through personally. But that is such a good telltale. If, if you're coming in nervous every single day and what's – think, you know, try to take a step back and observe the thoughts that are going through your head as like a, a passive third-party observer. What are you thinking before workouts? Well, John did it, John, John got 324. I got to get 323. I got to get 323. Is that what you're thinking the whole workout? That's just uh, – b- before the workout, that is, you know – in a classic um, fixed mindset, or I, I can watch people in workouts and tell you, you know, if they're constantly looking up at the clock and you can tell they're doing the math in their head where I need to be, where do I need to be um, before uh, if I'm going to beat this person? I need to be finished with this before this, I need to finish with that. Or if they're coming in and they're going straight to the leaderboard and looking at the scores and trying to figure out exactly who got what and what they need to do to do that, like that's telltale of a fixed mindset, um, or you know. I'm sitting there watching somebody do the reps and at 10 reps and at eight, they move on to the next thing. I mean, that's just exhibit a, like they're not doing all the reps or they're trying to, you know, shorten the range of motion, just try to go faster, you know, that type of stuff. All of that is so indicative of, of it. And, and, you know, that's kind of the obvious, obvious stuff. And when you were talking earlier, another one occurred to me is do people only show up on the days on the workouts that they're good at? You know, Mm. there's a lot of people that do that. You know, they'll, they'll come in and they'll, knock you know it seems like every time every time they post they knock it out of the park but they only post once or twice a week and then the other days they either don't post their score because they aren't happy with it or they just don't show up on those days and that's really indicative of if somebody somebody's only posting on the days that we do bench press and and running and um you know whatever else they're good at but they're not doing you know they're not posting on the high skill days um or they're they're putting um in the notes uh, on the days they don't do as good like this, that, and the other excuse or whatever, you know, that's another, another telltale sign of somebody as opposed to, are they posting every single day? And some days they're, they, they're you know, they're towards the top of the leaderboard. Some days they're dead last, you know. That's, that's somebody who's there to grow and get better. And I promise you in the long term, those are the people who are going to be, you know, making the most progress. What I love to see um, <coughs> on SugarWide and, and
1: they're always a group of like this, uh, inside of Coyote, <laughs> but you have people that have come in and they knew what they wanted when they walked in the door. I want to lose X number of pounds and keep it off for the first time in my life. And you see those folks, mm-hmm. they're exactly like what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and we could even call their names. Like this person is always posting their score and they're, yep. and they're, con- and eventually like, my gosh, look at the progress this yep. person has made. Yeah. They came in and they were literally uh, uh, unable to do a full range of motion burpee now we've hit a burpee workout, and that's really what the whole workout was, and they have destroyed all of us. Yeah. You know? um, so I think we – here's what I'd like to talk about for the remain, remaining time. It's easy to identify for yourself, like, you know what, based on Hunter's description, I'm in a fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just in the small area, I'm in a fixed mindset. How do you, with all the research and just experience that you have at, at CrossFit, how do you transfer from that fix to the growth?
2: Yeah, um, so number one, I don't want this episode to come out as condemnation or uh, us coming down and judging people, because that's not the case at all. This is to try to help people um, make better progress. In, well, yeah, type. I
1: mean, it would be evidence of a fixed mindset if you yeah. <laughs> if you felt like, you, you right, know, right, right. I'm the only person not in this, Yeah, right? yeah,
2: so, and, and like I said before, I was definitely guilty of that, especially, you know— what what happened with me is I had success early in CrossFit, and then all of a sudden I started being defined as, like, the CrossFit regional athlete. And then that be, that becomes your identity, and then everything you do has to live up to that identity. And then you put yourself on this pedestal, and you, you start avoiding situations where you might fail or might not win in a, a competition because um, you don't want to – that would hurt your identity. And so number one is being aware of what what is your identity when you come into the gym. What are you – what story are you telling yourself about yourself? Are you, are you the, the, the running guy? I'm the, I'm the weightlifting guy or whatever. And every time the weightlifting comes up, I got to show out on that. Um, but everything else, I'm just going to kind of avoid or not show up, or I'm going to have a, something come up at work that day. And I'm going to skip that day. Or are you the guy, um, who is just, I'm, I'm coming in and I'm grinding every single day and I'm showing up and I'm giving my best effort. Maybe I, um today i i can give 100% of my best effort and maybe tomorrow i will only give 70% because i didn't sleep well and the kids were up all night but you know what i'm the guy that's going to show up and i'm just going to put the work in every single day and i'm going to be the guy that's going to up uh, up uh uplift other people mm. i would say <clears throat> taking your your um your focus off of 100% self-centered um of you based off you and turn it around to I'm going to come in and and give my best effort, but I'm also going to try to, um, you know, build other people up and cheer other people on, um, and and try to uplift them. You know, if you're coming in and you're putting your headphones in so you can listen to your own music uh, because you don't like the music that 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 the gym is playing or you don't like the specific song that was on, like that is such that that is such a self absorbed mindset. Like it's all about you, everything's about you. Whereas whereas if you come in. And you are participate and try to be a part of and build a relationship with other people and try to uplift and build up other people and go through the process in the supportive community which we try to build that 's going not only is it going to take the pressure off you and your performance but it 's also going to help uplift somebody else and maybe you might be able to speak something to somebody else in a moment when maybe they had a bad day and you saying something nice to them um, or at just asking them how their day is going might have really um, you know, changed, changed their whole day, you know, just by you saying something nice to them or building them up. So trying to take the focus off of just yourself and your plight, um, and open it up to, you know, how can I help build somebody up I'm gonna I'm gonna cheer this person on in this workout. I'm not gonna put my equipment up till they're done because I know if I'm working out, and somebody else puts their equipment up while I'm in the middle of my workout. That makes me feel like crap. So, mm. kind of keeping that in mind. So I really I feel like I'm trying to pull two things together. You're gonna
1: have to say whether I'm wrong or not here, but. Mm-hmm. It feels like the growth mindset is really dialing in that balance of those two words that you use often of humble and hungry. That's right. That they one doesn't overtake the other. You're constantly holding those two things in tension.
2: Humble is being humble is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less, um, and so it's not thinking, oh, I'm a crappy, you know, I suck at this, I suck at that. That's not humble. Humble is like stop, stop thinking about yourself all the time. Mm. Take your take your thoughts and put them on somebody else. Think about somebody else. Like, how are my actions affecting the person next to me? And that's that's being humble. Humble is what, you know, what am I doing that's going to help uplift somebody else as opposed to everything is all about you all the time. That's humble. And hungry is, you know what, I want to try to be a better version of myself every single day, and that means I'm going to come up and I'm going to show the gym and I'm going to give my best effort, and that's all I can do. And realizing that that is going to take me to where I want to be much more than just trying to come in and get the top of the leaderboard every day. And also realizing that if somebody, if everybody else around me is getting better, that's going to make me better because it's going to uplift me and bring me to a higher level as well. And like everybody, um, a rising tide raises all ships, right? So trying to build, you know, if we can get all the ships in the Harbor to rise, it's going to rise with me as well, as opposed to trying to push all everybody else down to, to get to the top by myself. That is like a perfect
1: description of the coyote culture right there in this episode. I, I love it because it's so true. I've been a benefactor of it. I know so many people listening have felt that same way. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I'm just better for being around this group of people. So, yeah, pursuing that, that growth mindset could be as easy as sitting down and writing a list like, where, where have I said I will always this or it's just mm-hmm. going to be this way all the time? And then starting to attack that list, and then you realize there are a lot of people around you Attacking the same same sort of list. Awesome episode, love it. We should do more on this because I think it's that important. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but we don't have any time. Yeah, because we have to invite Chase back onto the podcast. I
0: talked in that first segment. Sorry, sorry.
1: Way more than I usually do. All right, I have to get my falsetto. Give me a second. Yeah. Awesome. It's a sweet one. No, sorry. <laughs> a, our motivation there. Yeah, Inspiration. Yeah. yeah. All right, what do we have today? This, uh, this feels like... Jingle
0: bell, jingle bell. <laughs> gi- hey, it's my Christmas family day. actually
1: watched Home Alone last night. Really? Yes, yes. Wow. Little known fact, the tall robber, as most people would know him, the tall robber is actually the voice of Kevin in the Wonder Years, the narrator. Really? Yes. Little known fact. So mm-hmm. apparently Outside the Box has something to do with
0: Christmas. Yes. Okay. Hunter, are you
2: ready? I'm ready. Let's oh, go. Good.
0: All right. Top three Christmas gifts you did not get. These uh, are the things that were the briar paths that you had to walk through in your childhood. So what is this like? Daggummit, mom! Shame on you, caretaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you get a second job? So I could have had this. That's kind of oh, where we're at, man. right?
1: Yeah. I know yours is going to be UGG boots. I know for sure.
0: Yeah, uh. more so I was more annoyed that my sister had them and <laughs> I couldn't have them. Okay, yeah. top three. We're going to start with three. Are you ready to go here? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Are y'all ready? I am also ready with my number three. All right, mine, mine comes as like a two-parter, all right? I wanted this thing for one reason and one reason only, and my life at this point in time is proving my lack of benefits, all right? Number three is a GameCube. All right. Oh, interesting. So I was—I had a PS2 already. All right, I was the benefactor. I got to have my uncle's old one. That was never—I never was gifted a new PS2, (laughs) but at least I had one. You're leaving that behind for the Nintendo game, right? Okay. I wanted it for one game and one game only. Hunter, can you think of it? Uh, Zelda. No, the most synonymous game with GameCube of all time. I'm embarrassed. I don't know this. Smash Bros. Ah. It's still a popular game. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can only play bro, the original Bros on GameCube. Mm-hmm. So there's like, well, there's like ports and stuff, but those yeah. aren't allowed anymore. It's a whole it's gaming a whole world. community. Yeah. yeah. And it all started with you not getting one. Exactly. I could have been number 1. You don't know. <laughs> I'm I might have been amazing, mom. I could have been making 15 grand for Thanks a, a video game. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not here. an
1: influencer because you did not <laughs> Fixed mindset. Now
0: I'm working in a church. <laughs> you see how poorly this has gone?
1: <laughs> uh, interesting. So my number three is actually a Sega Genesis. Ooh, Look at us. Nice, yeah. Nice. My, because you can't play Sonic the Hedgehog on the original Nintendo. It, just, it doesn't work, right? So I will admit, I was spending the night at people's houses just
0: to be able to play Sonic. Was Mega Man Sega as well? No. Uh, uh, or was it, yeah. um... I don't remember. Uh, not I can't remember.
1: No. Yeah, I think Mega Man actually Stand was... Stand by. Keep say. the filler. <laughs> Keep the conversation going. Yeah, I'm just saying, that was one of those, like, by that point in my life, my parents, and, and look, I don't begrudge them for it, but they were like, hey, if you want it, if you want this, you're going to work for it. I'm, just, I'm not just handing it to you. Uh, so they were in for, like, two game systems, and then they checked out, but... The Sega Genesis was – that was crazy because it, it worked with the CD-ROM kind mm-hmm. of disc thing. Yep. And I was like, whoa. Oh, this is, Sega Genesis? Yeah, this is no, – Oh, no, <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah, this is fancy. So, Oh, wait.
0: There was a Sega Genesis one.
1: Yeah, okay. There well, no wonder we there were confused. Go. Yeah. So both platforms. Yeah. Ahead of its time. Sorry. All right, Hunter, you're number three. So
2: um, this is really hard for me because I always, I always felt like my mom, like, really – Uh, Went above and beyond to try to get get the gifts that we wanted. Same. Like, there's a. uh, I mean, not your mom. My mom for me and yours for you. There's a uh, a great story my mom said of uh, when I was a kid. I wanted this like there's like this oil rig little mini oil rig um, like thing like figuring thing that you got and I really wanted it. I was I don't know I was like six or seven or something. And my mom went to Toys R Us like Black Friday. And, like, everybody was running around, and she ran up, and there was one left, and she was about to grab it, and this lady saw her about to grab it and just grabbed it. And she didn't even know what it was, but she saw my mom was going to get it. And my mom just, like, lost it on her. (laughs) Started yelling at (laughs) her. Way to go, mom. And and then the lady was, like, gave it back to my mom, and so my mom ended up getting it. But uh, So she always went above and beyond. Um, I will say probably one that I really wanted was in high school was a car um, that was – not as old as I was and I I ended up getting my aunt's uh 86 Chevy Blazer to drive in high school and I was born in 85 so it was almost as old as me um but I was happy to have a car I had
0: say, I had a 94 Cherokee
2: <laughs> and car. uh my parents did paint it black for me cuz it it was brown um What kind of brown? <laughs> uh, that brown, brown yeah. <laughs> that brown. So they painted it black for me and uh they put in um I got for Christmas I got a, uh, a CD player with uh, some some really nice speakers. So it was um, it was good enough for me in high school, but I I definitely, you know, being at the high school that I was at would would have liked to have a Tons little bit of, of a pressure. newer car. Oh, but yeah. you know, oh, yeah. it got me from point A to point B um relatively safely for the most part. Uh so that I would say a car would be. Uh, but was the safe the lack of safety on your part or on the Uh no, there was multiple instances. Uh one time I turned left and the the passenger side door flew open, <laughs> and I had to drive like leaned over, holding the steering wheel with my left hand and grabbing it with my right hand, keeping to, the door shut. Did you shut. have
0: to whip it back straight so yeah. the door would close? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I
2: had to drive all the way home holding it shut with my hand. And then another time, like the steering wheel, the brakes completely locked up when I was driving down Ridgewood Road, right in front of Jay. And luckily, there was no cars coming, and I was like forced it across. Uh, traffic into one of those side streets and just let it coast to a stop on, in on the on the on the street in front of somebody's house. That was pretty scary. Uh but other than that, you know, it was pretty safe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, other than that minor yeah, yeah, flaw. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: All, right, All right, we're down to two now. Yeah, my number two. Uh kind of similar vein. My mom worked well, she stayed at home with us, so she worked very hard to have the kids still exist by Christmas. <laughs> Uh, but then my dad also worked very hard to, for us to be able to have stuff. This one goes outside of the no, you can't have it because we can't afford it. Yada yada. This is just purely no, you can't have it because you're not allowed to have that. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the uh, the media world uh, in the mid 2000s, but a, a little video game called GTA San Andreas came out in oh, yeah. 2004. And I don't know if you know this or not, but I was nine years old when this came out. <laughs> A little and, too I, young. and I asked for it. <laughs> I did not get it. But deck gummit, I could have been number one at San Andreas as well. Mm. Impossible. Uh, but I really, uh, I really wanted it in hindsight probably a good call by my mom to not let me have this game where you can decapitate people and drive chainsaws into them and strip clubs and you know the works uh great game though
2: i had had a classic (laughs) my mom got it for me and uh she came in one time and i was like doing something in the strip club she's like what, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just doing this mission on the game. Like, like, it, it made me go here. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't believe I got this game for you.
1: We're going back to the oil rig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, All right, so we're, this is my number two? Yeah, yeah. All right, this, this will also date me. I've, I referenced this movie uh, sparingly, but as a kid, this movie came out called Rad. It was a BMX uh, movie, and you can look it up. It is comically awesome. Uh, but I wanted a, a true dirt bike when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and you had to kind of level up to get a bike where the handlebars, the front wheel would spin all the way around. Like, at this time in in the world, oh, you it mean locked. Like the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to be able to, like, because clearly at, at 175 pounds as a 9-year-old, I could have done... <laughs> Crazy air tricks on a bike, <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, "Man, if I could just get the handlebars that spin all the way around, I could solve this, this weight that's problem." That's the only thing holding me back. Yeah, it's the only thing. And a couple of kids in the neighborhood, That this was back in the day. So, like, a Christmas morning, the the new bikes were just being paraded around the whole neighborhood. And they always came with the, the uh, things on the back where your friends could ride on the back. like The pegs. Yeah, you had to get outside of, thank you, you had to get outside of, like, the Walmart kind of range bike mm-hmm. and go to some sort of... A nice
0: mongoose,
1: a yeah, Schwinn. Yeah, you had to get to a bike store. So I never really got, I think because my parents loved me too much to... Uh, really let me embarrass myself at the dirt track <laughs> across from the neighborhood like son it is it's not the handlebars uh they were <laughs> subtle about it uh but i've always i've always even to this day wanted one of those bikes where it would just the front would spin around so a true bmx
0: yeah yeah
1: that's a good, good that's a good, good one it's really uh, one of the only reasons i'm i'm not on ESPN. that's what i was thinking yeah yeah, yeah. so
2: when i was a um when i was a kid Uh, my dad was in seminary and Ben will know like when you're in seminary, you don't have a whole lot of money. And uh, we, uh, we, I was probably six and this was right when the Sega Genesis was coming out Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it was coming out for Christmas and it was a big deal. And obviously I really wanted one, but I didn't have any video game system and we went to visit uh, my, my grandmother in Memphis and she had uh, two, two twin brothers uh, two twin sons, sorry uh, that were my dad 's half brothers and uh they na- they were named Clinton Brent, and they had a, a Nintendo, and I was up there, and I was playing with them like the whole time I was there and then apparently i don't remember doing this, but apparently they were talking about how they were going to get the Sega Genesis when it came out and I went and told my grandmother that um uh, whenever that they uh got that Sega Genesis if they didn 't want the nintendo they they could give it to me <laughs> and so we got back home and i i mean i didn't get the sega genesis for christmas um we got this package in the mail this big box and it was this, the nintendo with all the games oh, that my yes. grandmother had sent to me nice and my yes. mom was like what is this and i was like well i told grandma dot she could send it to me whenever <laughs> got it. so we uh we ended up getting the nintendo and so i had you know i had a million games and it's the better system by the way it oh it was my dad um uh, Confiscated it for a while and was playing regular Mario, uh, <laughs> like like he was so addicted to it and like he got you know got to the end of the game and beat it and then he told my mom he was never going to play another video game because it hooked him so bad. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. So not getting Get to the cast worked out. Yeah. Like,
1: it was so intense. Yeah, yeah.
0: That makes sense. Number one. Number one. I can't wait for this. All right, my I think mine will be surprising. Okay, so. I had um, a few first-time experiences in 2010, my 10th grade year. That sounded bad. It just, in different areas. (laughs) I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One of those is I got to play paintball for the first time. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. You were hooked. I mean, sold instantly. Even like... I'm very pain averse. I was like, "I'll take it. This is so fun. You, I'll I'll get hit as much as you need me to." This because is I fantastic. can hit you, <laughs> yes. Uh, so because of that, I really thought it, w- I, it was due time for me to take my game to the next level and uh, not have to rent guns whenever I went uh, to Brandon to um, what action pursuit I think is what they're called. Uh, and so I asked for a a Tippmann Griffin, uh, which is so. I think there was two things working against me at this time in my life. One, my mom didn't want me playing paintball. Uh, oh, and I two, so
1: nervous there. I thought you were about to say your mom didn't want you. I
0: was like, whoa, dude. I
1: think she was pretty <laughs> sold
0: to me at that point. <laughs> it's, it's
1: just the paintball. yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, and two, uh, they're not expensive, but they're not cheap. Um, but I also, like, there wasn't a caveat of, like, well, maybe you don't get the new one. Maybe you get the, uh, we'll go on eBay or something and get one used. Tidman had changed their whole algorithm around their guns this year. They had cheapened it for an entry level, but it wasn't cheap. It was still like 80 bucks. But because of that, the ones that were used were going up market price-wise because they were better quality than the newer ones. So it was like a catch-22 of like, I can't get the thing I want, no matter what year it's from, because... You know what a tough lesson American. to learn yeah. in tenth
1: grade. Yeah, yeah, because, so. because America, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ruined my Christmas. Thanks, America.
0: Yeah. So just t- one in three. You know, two things that I really I could have had the potential to go pro in. You never know, right? <laughs> yeah, you know I feel am. you there. Yeah, my parents just stepped on my dreams. You paintball me BMX. Yeah, yeah, could have had it locked down. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> so this is I can't believe I'm about to admit this, which I need to stop saying that because I do this a lot, but. <laughs> I, um, at this point in my life, you know, where Christmas was kind of at its pinnacle, and you you get past the that's cool, anything that you open, and you're looking for really targeted stuff. Yes. And uh, my son's 14, so I see this happening with him as well. Uh, But I had in mind that I wanted a pair of vasque Sundowners. They're a particular sort of hiking boot. And this was, like, during the pinnacle Buffalo Peak days Mm. in Northeast Jackson. And uh, it all had to do with the fact that there were kids at school that I wanted to be like that had these on. Uh, I I didn't really care about the boots that much. Eventually, I got them through some other means, but I wanted them this particular Christmas because middle of the school year, I've been looking at these boots for a couple of months now, and these guys are coming back from Philmont Scout Camp, and they've got the little thing branded in their boots, and this is, like, just the essence of Ben Derrick right here. Like, I want what you have because that has to be better. And At was, Wallabies for Chase Hamming. I still have a pair of Wallabies in my attic right now, <laughs> just in case, right? Uh, But, yeah, these boots, and they were crazy expensive for someone in 10th grade. Mm. They were, like, almost $300. This is for people going to Everest. They're designed for people who are going to be outdoors, like not walking down the 10th grade hall to English class, right? (laughs) Uh, But everyone else had them, and I just, man, I had to have a pair, wanted a pair so bad, and I I didn't open them that Christmas, and I was like, what a bummer. Like, all I got is all this other expensive crap, you know? Totally me, but that that one gift on that Christmas – and I, we had already had a conversation about it. Like, this is the way my mom and dad worked. They're like, look, you've mentioned this a few times. Not happening. But I thought it may be one of those things like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. Slick. Yeah, they're like, no, seriously. Yeah, you're not getting yeah. it? Yeah, so it was like a pair of shoes. And they were thinking, you're going to outgrow these anyway. They were right about all of it. Like, so How much was, were they? Seriously, they were almost $300. Oh, Ooh. my God. And, and that was in what year? Uh, this would have been ninety-five. Yeah, I it's like a thousand dollars now. Yeah, they were crazy. <laughs> they're expensive. about yeah. They probably weren't that expensive, but Buffalo Peak just marked them up because like, <laughs> all these Jay kids are coming in to buy these boots, like sp- spike the price. You know, uh, yeah. That, Amazon wasn't there to save the day back then. Exactly. That's my number one. I, I still have a shoe problem to this day. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that was that was a big letdown that year.
0: Oh, mm. I'm sorry, man.
2: <laughs> no, totally my fault. Not oh. my parents. This is really hard for me because, like I said, I feel like I got. Pretty much everything that I wanted um, when I was a kid, like not like anything extravagant, but I don't think you know I wanted like the super expensive stuff, really. Other than like a video game system, whenever it came out, and I usually got it <clears throat> at some point, maybe not when it first came out, but maybe you know six months or a year down the, down the line or whatever. But I do do remember really wanting to get a dog for a long long period of time. Oh man, yeah. that, that breaks my heart right there. <laughs> and then we we did end up finally getting one when I was uh, I think fourth grade probably after a couple of years of, of begging and, and hoping there's a dog under the tree and there mm. not being a dog under the tree. <laughs> there wasn't a dog under the tree, but we ended up getting one. And the only reason we got it is because my dad wanted, he agreed to get us one. If we could get a hunting dog, that he could take hunting with him as there well. So we ended up getting a, 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 a black lab named bell. And she was a very sweet dog that lived a long life. And, uh, and it started a, um, a lifetime of, uh, dogs at the Owen household. And now we have two dogs as well. So um, I think I don't. I can't think of a better present for a kid than a dog. Honestly, there you go. You're like waking up. Look, look for the box with the holes in it. <laughs> yeah. Listen for the collar. <laughs> Shaking it. <laughs> don't shake it too hard. doesn't sound like a dog to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, we've all lived very charmed lives because we were complaining about really dumb, marginally. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Was- Marginal things like. Oh, look at that! But you know, it was fun. First world problems, yeah, yeah, first world problems. But at least we can admit it. That's the
0: growth mindset. Yeah, look at me. I'm probably look better me for not having any of the stuff that I actually wanted. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. All right, this is where Hunter has this opportunity to shine. Oh, nice! Yeah,
0: what a gift. So
2: I, I got a book that my wife actually read first, and uh, Chicken
0: Noodle Soup <laughs>
2: <laughs> asked me to read it. So I read it while we were on vacation. It's called Where the Crawl Dads Sing. I'm oh, sure, I'm, I did, yeah, I'm sure everybody's heard of it. It's classic, like super, yeah. super hot. Uh, book by Delia Owens, so but uh, Zoolander. I didn't. I didn't have super high expectations for it just because I typically try to stay away from like the, uh, you know, the Oprah, the Commoner yeah, reads. Is that is that right, you're yeah. trying the, to say? The number one bestseller book or whatever. But it was. It was. A, it was a really, really good book. Um, and um, it was a fast read and kind of sucked you in from the start. And the ending was was pretty surprising. I thought, um, and it was a very good ending. So. Um, it was uh, it was a really good fiction book. If you like fiction books, I would definitely recommend it. Would you learn another language just to read another book? I would learn another ang- language not to read another book, but to learn for another. all the other. Oh I, yeah,
0: no that was, yeah yeah yeah. Not there's just like to read a book. there's a language <laughs> or a book written in German that the author refuses to translate, but it's got the gold standard of advice and health knowledge in it. And so, why doesn't somebody else translate it? Because it's illegal in this scenario. I would I would use that uh, as an
1: opportunity to speak with someone who's bilingual who's read the book.
0: Read it to me? Yeah, or Can just tell me about
1: you. it. Just give me the Cliff Notes. Uh, all right, speaking of high school, that's how I got through high school. Thank you, Cliff Notes. Thanks, Cliff Notes. Yeah. So before Spark. Yeah, Spark cliff came notes. along Yeah, for us. exactly, which are probably better. All right, I actually have a book to recommend, which is a little bit off the beaten path for me. At
0: two episodes in a row. Uh,
1: well, yes, and also <laughs> this book. Um, oh, yes. Oh, oh, oh. The title of the book is Originals, and apparently, I should have known about this guy long before now. But his name is Adam Grant.
0: Oh, what? Yeah. You like Malcolm Gladwell, but I you don't know, know about Adam. I know. Mm-hmm.
1: I open myself up for that. All right. But okay, I will say that Gladwell is way more entertaining. Yeah, but they, uh, yes, they are of the same stripe. Like, hey, this happens a lot, and I'm going to ask the question, why? and then I'm going to answer it for <laughs> a long time. Yeah. He'll keep you interested, but this book original is kind of, it just hovers around the idea when people are great at things, what is the reason? Yeah. And are there things, this is the most intriguing thing to me because so many of us, we judge ourselves for what we're not. This book allows you to kind of take yourself off the hook a bit because it, there are these normally there are these really obscure things that send people on a trajectory like, and Hunter just referenced it with his Christmas stuff, like birth order. Like he connects the people who have stolen the most bases in the major leagues to their birth order, which is like two things that seem like they would not go together at all. Whoa! But he does it by pointing out that based on your birth order, you're going to have a certain amount of propensity towards risk or, being a risk averse, yeah, so connecting those things allows you uh i'm I've been on a big awareness kick for the past couple of years, and it seems like when you start talking to people about those obscure things like birth order or you know what flavor ice cream you like,' yeah. like, what does this have to do with anything but guys like this guy in the book originals and Malcolm will make you mm-hmm. say. Maybe there's something to that. So it's pretty I'm listening to it on Audible and does he
0: does he narrate?
1: He does a good speaker. And he's and he does a good job. He does a really good job. So if you're an audible person, originals, go for it. You will not be disappointed. You'll be wildly entertained on your drive because the stuff is just so obscure. He's not as good of a storyteller as Malcolm, but let's be honest, we've probably all consumed all the Malcolm that there is out there to date. This is a good
0: backup. Mm. Yeah. Adam Grant's cool. Yeah. Is Good. that your recommend? No, you need to go go on YouTube on the YouTube machine and look up Super Smash Bros <laughs> professionals and be confused at what's going on. Well done. It's so fast. As fast as this exit. Bye. <laughs>
1: smooth sounds.